Have you ever heard the saying that God spelled backwards is dog? It's often in relation to how a dog loves you unconditionally or in some comparison of how a dog being similar to God. Sometimes even used in an argument of why dogs are better than cats. Yet there's something about cats that is often overlooked. Aside from the fact that ancient Egyptians used to worship them like gods, and well, if you've ever had a cat, you know they haven't quite gotten over that yet. But the things with cats is that they know how to rest. House cats sleep around 15 to 20 hours a day on average. Some more, some less. They can sleep in just about any position, falling asleep within seconds of lying down. Kittens have been recording falling asleep sitting up, and then they lose their balance, fall over, and just keep on sleeping. They can sleep through various noises, people poking them or petting them, or even picking them up to move them to a different spot. Cats know how to rest. Yes, these creatures who can run around wide-eyed, awake, and bug-eyed at 3 a.m., bouncing off the walls or crying to get out to try and catch the singing morning birds, hunt the mice or bugs in the house and out, but they know how to rest. The English translation of Shabbat means to rest, desist, cease, or even celebrate. The word first used for the seventh day of creation. For six days God created light and darkness, night and day, sun and moon, the heavens above and the earth below, the seawater and the dry land, the vegetation and living creatures, those that swim, crawl and fly, as well as humankind in God's image. For six days God created something new, something beautiful, something good and very good. But on the seventh day, we're told that God rested. God ceased. God desisted from all the work God has done. God played house cat for a day. But what does it mean that God rested? That God ceased, desisted, Throughout other portions of scripture, we're told that God never stops creating, that God is all-powerful, nothing is too hard for God, that God neither faints nor grows weary. And Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John that God is still working today. So we see that God didn't stop altogether, that after the six days God was just done, we see that God doesn't need to rest. Nothing is too hard for God to faint or grow weary from. God is almighty and all-powerful, but yet God rests. On the seventh day, God rests. Blessing the seventh day and calling it holy, setting it apart, God rests. But why? If God is all-powerful, never faints, doesn't stop creating, where nothing is too hard and God is still working, why did God rest? 
Why does God rest on the seventh day, the pinnacle of creation? Maybe that's our clue right there, the pinnacle of creation. It wasn't that God needed rest, that God ceased, abstained, desisted, but that God created rest. God created a space, a time, a way to cease, to stop, to abstain, desist, to rest. God created a day to just be, perhaps even to celebrate. God took the time to create a day, blessing it, deeming it holy, so that God could revel in the good and the very good, the beauty of all of creation, to celebrate creation, the created order, the created world. Our God isn't an anxious God, nervous, constantly worried about creation, but is at ease with the well-being of God's rule is able to rest. As scholar Walter Brueggemann puts it, the creator does not spend six days of work in cohesion, but in faithful invitation. God does not spend the seventh day in exhaustion, but in serenity and peace. The beauty of the seventh day, though, isn't just that God rested, that God created rest and celebration of creation, but that God invites all of creation into this rest, into this celebration. As those created in the image of God, we are invited into this rest, this blessing, this holy day, this celebration. We, too, don't have to be anxious or worried about constantly producing, working, being on the move. God creates this time of rest and invites us to join with all of creation. God created this rest not for God's well-being, but for the well-being of humankind, for all of creation. Isn't this what Jesus points out to the Pharisees? The Sabbath is made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. The Sabbath, this day of rest, was made for humanity. And as this command for rest is expanded upon in Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Leviticus, we see that it's made for all of creation. God made times of rest for all of creation. The created order includes rest. And so maybe the question shouldn't be, what does it mean that God rested? Perhaps the question is, what does it mean when we don't rest? When we don't cease, abstain, desist, rest, and celebrate? What does it mean when we don't recognize the blessing, the holy day, the creation of Sabbath? For many of us, we grew up with the sense of the American dream. This dream founded on the lie of working hard and you can achieve anything. This lie that often kept pushing out rest and celebration. This lie that pushed it out of the created order, not just of humanity, but all of creation. And then we're left to wonder, 
why mental health issues continue to be on the rise. We wonder why fields in the Midwest are eroding away with most of the richest topsoil almost completely gone from a third of the land. We wonder why it takes more and more energy for just about everything, but we're still producing less. We wonder all of this and more while continuing to live in a society that continually pushes us to do more, work harder, where rest is seen as being lazy, where we care more about profit than well-being, more about investment in the market than investment in creation, more about the powers of the world than the love of God. So what would it look like to reclaim the Sabbath? Not just the rest part, but the celebration of creation, of taking time to appreciate, to be in awe and wonder of all that God has done and all that God continues to do, and rest and revel in the glory of God. There was a missionary who went to Asia in the early 20th century, shared a story about how a traveler was making a long trek. And so he hired some of the natives of the land to help through the jungle to carry the loads and ensure safety. The first day they went farther than the traveler expected, giving him high hopes of a speedy journey. But the second morning, they refused to move. Instead, they sat and rested throughout the day. When asked why they weren't moving, but instead resting, they informed the traveler they had gone too fast the first day. And they were now waiting for their souls to catch up with their bodies. These people, these individuals, this group, they knew the power of rest, the need for rest. They understood what was needed to restore life's balance. And at times, a break is needed from the rhythms of the hustle and the bustle, the hardship and the work to restore themselves. But what if it isn't just about restoring oneself, our souls catching up to our bodies, but that we are restoring our relationship with God, with creation. We are moving towards the way of the world that God always intended. The Sabbath as a foretaste of how creation will be when God's way is fully established. Or as commentator Missy Tafanko puts it, when we observe the Sabbath well, we become little resting places of God's presence. When we practice this intentional stop, we make room for God to take up residence in our individual lives. And when we do this together, we're making space for it in our communities. Even better, we are taking part in this new creation story setting the stage for God to make God's dwelling place, resting place, right here. When we rest, 
We don't just let our souls catch up to our bodies. We let our full beings catch up to God's desire for all of creation. We let our whole selves unite with God. We don't just rest in the fact that God is in control. We rest with God and revel in the glory of it all. So let us celebrate the Sabbath as faithfully as a house cat napping. Let us rest and revel in the glory of God's creator, creation, in the glory of our creator, God. Amen.